Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Pizza's for everybody. That's a promise. This is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Jake with you uh, at our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Austin Horton producing the good ship lollipop across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Hello, Gordon. Are we the good ship lollipop? I don't know. I always like that, though. That uh, Wasn't that a Shirley Temple flick? I think so. I Back in so. the day, yeah. the Good Ship Lollipop or something about that, or she sang a song about the Good Ship Lollipop. But see, Austin's in charge. It's like uh, guiding the ship. The no, she, she sang Animal Crackers in My Soup. Come on, fellas. Well, she sang more than one. No, nah, that's your opinion. How many Shirley Temple movies have you guys watched? None. Zero. Never? No. Not a single one? I know she's a contemporary of yours, Gordon. We didn't grow up <laughs> with Shirley like you You took did. her to the prom, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. I've seen the, the uh, stairs scene in Annie, but that's about it. How much? Now, Austin, if I, if I, if I was, uh, say, the owner of a cruise line company, and I said, Austin Horton, I've been very impressed with you. I want you... To become a ship captain in my fleet of luxury ocean liners. Uh, and I'm willing to pay you, oh, uh, let's see. I know they may probably make more than this, but if I, I'm willing to pay you quarter million dollars a year, would you do it? No. Per voyage, maybe. Maybe. Half a, half a million? Per voyage, yeah. A year? No. How, well, let me ask, how dollars? many voyages am I you, captaining a year? Well, they probably, uh, you know, probably uh, 40, 45 voyages a year. No, no. And, and that's a million and that's, dollars. That's being you the captain you, where I'm locked away you, in my own space the whole time. You said no. You, yes. You said, well, okay. First of all, you said you'd blow your own foot off for for 100 grand. Yeah. I got another <laughs> foot. But you <laughs> I only have one life with you cruises. Ca- you wouldn't captain a cruise ship for half a million a year salary? Not for you. What a you're what? What do I have to do with it? <laughs> you said it was for your fleet. Uh, yeah, I know, but what difference does that make? I don't you're know your experience with seaworthiness or not. You know, I like that, to I like to play the game. Would you rather? Gordon likes to play the game. How much would it take for you to? That's right. Do what? Well, the reason I brought the money up is because Austin, so many times in the past, has been willing to sacrifice 
whole body parts for minimal amounts of money. Minimal. And I, and, 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 I know and you just love to leverage Austin's financial insecurity into some sort of uh, uh, joke. <laughs> joke? No, I'm, tr- I'm trying to see, I'm trying to measure how afraid of cruising he really is. Horrified. Have always been, always will be. All right. Well, I, I think there's a lot more hazardous jobs out there, including the one. Are you, you going on now. a cruise this fall? No, but that's different right now. Yeah, but that's How? exactly why Austin doesn't like cruise ships or situations like this. How often does the has the coronavirus or COVID nineteen cropped uh, not up? Not necessarily COVID nineteen, but you can find all sorts of stories about uh, 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 like overflowing lavatories, right? Stuff that is just not good, and other illnesses that have passed MRSA. through cruise ships. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah. it's wait, not wait, a wait. pretty pretty picture. Usually, it's not you know terminal. Well, MRSA is pretty bad. Well, yeah, I'm not that even a rash from a cruise is not yeah, welcome on my body. You know, you're just in a floating petri dish. That's been the, with three thousand strangers. That's been the case for a while now. I've probably gone on four or five cruises and I've never gotten sick on one. But I, I wouldn't go on one right now for obvious reasons. But uh, you know, two years from now, I mean, see, Austin's afraid of every. He's afraid that the ship's going to sink. Yep, check. Have you had what, dysentery? What? I wouldn't. I'd be afraid of that too. Check. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but you can get that here. Yeah, but it's less likely. Does it spread like wildfire here? And yes, to Austin's point, uh, you know, overflowing uh, septic systems. You know, that's an issue. And those. Yeah, boats but that's not get... something the, the captain doesn't deal with. That I think everybody he deals somebody with that. Else to, no, he assigns someone else to handle that. He's up there just partying, and and, and you know just. Barking orders now and again. Was this Van Wilder cruise? What are you talking about? I, I think even the captain has to use the facilities once in a while. I mean, like you know, the, like a septic backup that that affects everybody. That doesn't party in or no? It creeps ever. right up to the dock, the the cabin of the captain and goes. Well, not in this room, fellas. And and we're not even talking about the the cruise ships that have been stranded at sea for uh, long periods of time. Uh, not to mention, remember the Italian cruise ship where, where yes. multiple people died because the captain had to wave at his girlfriend who was on the shore i know but austin would be the captain so he wouldn't do that you're right the ship would never sail it'd be a port <laughs> cruise it just it cracks me up that's your like fear. a riverboat casino oh, that's right yeah. yeah your fear of being on the ocean is really fascinating to me i, I mean uh, i i don't think you know as long as as long as there's not a pandemic going on i don't think there are very many places that would be safer than on a on a cruise. You were th- listen. I, I'm not totally on on board with Austin's uh, paranoia about this whole thing, but that that stuff is real. I mean, there are a lot safer places to be than on a cruise ship. <laughs> Did you like buy carnival stock this yeah, morning? What's or going on? No, oh, that's I, no, it. I'm, I'm just saying that. You're all buying low, that. aren't you, Gordon? <laughs> buying low. Cruises and airplanes, the safest place to no. be. No, it's just it, it's it, it, all those things that you're talking about can happen on land too. Being Only stranded at sea, quite literally, I, cannot I, happen on land. <laughs> how, how many times do you hear of a cruise ship being stranded at sea? The More next than time I go. Yeah. No. <laughs> We've met, right? You ever been zip-tied a block from your house by a cop? You ever had a, a bulldozer oh, roll through your brand new home? 
I, I have done my fair share of cruises, but I know people have done five times as many as I have and have never had an issue, Austin. And if you're captain of Good the freaking boat, then that, now you're the big man. You're, you're in charge. You, you know, you, the menial labor you leave to others. You just make use your mind to make good judgments. Hey, man, you asked for my price. I told you. And even when you go into a tricky port somewhere, then they have pilots that guide you in. So, I mean, you, you got it made. Great. All you got to do is look good. My price has been named. All, all, all you got to do is look good in your uniform. And I'll make that happen for the price I gave you. And why is this so important to Gordon? I think there's something He's behind this. He's really dug, dug in deep on this one. You're not going to move on. I, I just Gordon Norwegian it. Cruise Line Monson. He is going to. He's going to. Speaking of zip tie, he's going to zip tie you and throw you onto a cruise ship right there to the mast. I I I, I want to be there the day Austin has to go on a cruise. That would be that would be mighty mighty comedy. I would love to. I'll just see drive that. my own boat alongside the cruise ship. Because it's going to happen. You'd be a lot safer in the ship than you would be on a boat alongside. You know, I'd love to be there that day, too, because that'd mean I'd be living forever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I don't know very many people that are absolutely petrified the way you are. You're welcome. To, to get on a boat. That's. And, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, you're absolutely – but if you take precautions, you wash your hands and you use the uh, hand sanitizer, then chances are pretty good you're going to be fine. I mean, the ship's not sinking, Austin. Then why aren't I you mean, going? Because there's a pandemic right now. Right! That's the number one reason, I'm telling you. 500 grand a voyage. All yeah, right. But- we have a lot to do on the show today. <laughs> Christian Cox will be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. The Booner, Ron Boone, at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. So we are very much looking forward to talking uh, to them. We will talk about uh, Poison Pizza Gate as we uh, had Craig fight on the show yesterday, and he told his story, which has gotten picked up by a few uh, outlets there nationally. Darren Ravel being the latest to, to uh, tweet about it, Gordon. So that's kind of nice. Yeah, it was interesting. It, as Austin so accurately put it, never has a boring kind of routine, mundane story kept you on the edge of your seat the way that one has. So. Oh, because uh, we can get into this in the split story of the day. I love it because it is it is so dumb. <laughs> We're talking about that's, that's somebody charm, poisoning a pizza to give to Michael Jordan. Amazing. You, should we get into it? I know you. Gordon wrote a column about it. Let's let's jump into the split story of the day. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Joining us now is Craig Fight, who delivered the pizza to Michael Jordan. We got a call and a guy all of a sudden motioned me over because he knew I was the only Bulls fan in the store. He goes, it might be one of the players. And I remember saying, I'll make the pizza because I don't want any of you doing anything to it. And then I told the driver, I said, you're going to take me there. Both of us are in uniform. Security guy looks at us is going in. I remember one of the players saying, oh, hey, pizza. Who's that for? And I said, I don't know. It's room this. And they went, oh, for Mike. So I knock on the door and this great guy who's been saying all this crap lately. He answers the door, but I'm handing him the pizza, and I said, can I at least say hi to Mike? Why not? It's my one shot, right? The door kind of opens up a little bit more. Mike's in the room, raises his hand. He said, thanks, man. The guy shut the door, and that's the extent of the whole story. It's tough to get food poisoning off a pizza, unless, of course, obviously you add something to it, but that didn't happen, because it sure as heck didn't leave my hands. 
There you go. That was Craig Fight on the show yesterday. You can still get that podcast at 1280thezone.com or wherever you get your podcasts, Gordon. You wrote a column about it today uh, in the Salt Lake Tribune, sltrib.com. And I will say this. uh, Yesterday, Craig did not reach out to us to uh, have on the air. Austin, uh, being the crack producer that Austin is, did some very fine legwork and and tracked Craig down, who was – he had been saying some things online. And we, uh, we gave him the vehicle on the show to tell his story. And uh, that story's gotten picked up elsewhere, Gordon, and people can uh, filter it through their own uh, their own lens, I suppose, and decide uh, if they want to believe or not. But it is it is funny that, you know, well, I'll say this. I, I personally choose to believe that somebody personally poisoned uh, Michael Jordan <laughs> to uh, to keep him from playing in game five. But I don't know. I can't I uh, can't prove that. But anyway, Craig did tell a, a fairly convincing story, I thought, yesterday on the show. Yeah, he sounded credible. I mean, some of his facts might get blurred. After 23 years, I mean, you're probably going to get some of it uh, jumbled up a tad bit. But uh, I thought the thrust of it, uh, it was very believable. I mean, I wouldn't bet my life on it, uh, but I, 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 I thought that his story was worth hearing. So, How, how much uh, would you bet on it? I don't know, you know. Sorry, I'm just doing this to you because you, you, just a you number. do it to us twice a second. Uh, so, so interesting <laughs> to hear his point of view, and uh, I, I, I believe him. At least I, I believe most of what he said. I don't know if every fact was uh, correct. Probably not, but uh, uh, certainly a lot of people interested in it after what, the way Jordan and his folks, his entourage, uh, painted it a certain way. Which really is hard to believe. Their version was much harder to believe than what uh, Craig Fight said. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you there. Um, I thought Craig was fairly convincing, but but I'll tell you, I know more about what I don't believe with this story than what I do. I don't believe that five snickering clowns were trying to poison Michael <laughs> Jordan. I don't I don't believe that part of it. Hey I, hey hey, Mike Mike Mike, I got a bad feeling about I don't, this pizza. I don't believe that Michael Jordan was hungover. Uh. I don't believe he went to Vegas. I could believe he was faking it, and I could believe what Craig was saying. He didn't look like he was faking it, but I, I don't know. I, you know, kids everywhere have gone to extreme measures to uh, fake an illness to get out of school. But does that seem like that's Michael Jordan's M.O.? To create some sort of legendary brand? Yes. Yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> well, See, but he I won mean, did five, you watch won, that docuseries? He won, he won five other titles without, uh, uh, you know, faking uh, injury and or the flu acting game be- sick. The flu game became legend. Right. The the flu game became legend and it just added to it. And plus, if the Bulls would have lost the game, isn't that all of a sudden a built in excuse for the Bulls to uh, have lost, what would that have been? Three in a row? Yeah, but that just seems. Oh, like well, MJ that, had the flu. I mean, we can't hardly blame well, them. He that, almost died, I heard. I understand what you're saying. And I yes, it sounds like MJ. Yes, can 100%. Be embellished. But no, no, it doesn't. He's not going to shy away from the moment by looking for some excuse. The guy who's still making hundreds of millions of dollars off this persona that he created, that he still he, is selling to the I public think, today? I, I th- he, he created that uh, by means that are far exceed anything we're talking about in the flu game. 
Oh, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, people of uh, note have been doing this sort of thing since time began. Like, go back to all the all the Jake, cowboy Jake, literature, like Buffalo he, Bill one, embellishing, like they, they, he mowed uh, down okay, 15 embe- people. Embellish. embellish is different than faking it. But uh, how you don't think you don't think he was marginally incapacitated or debilitated by what was going on? Eh, he's just selling shoes, man. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know what I believe. To be honest, I, I that's why I'm saying you. I know what I don't believe, or or what I think I don't believe. But I thought I thought Craig was fairly convincing, and and you know what the the truth of the matter is, it's probably something benign like that, right? We all want to think that these sorts of things have these grand conspiracies. It's why everybody around here has thought he's gone to Vegas for years. Like, oh, that, that of course that's what happened. And I talked to my uncle's brother's cousin who uh, saw him on I fifteen hitchhiking. You know, I. It it's because we want to believe that there's more to it than maybe, you know, one of his kids brought a bug home from school. I don't know. You know, we don't know. But we all want to believe it's something more grand. And that's what I think it's believable about Craig's side of the story. Like we could all see what he talked about happen very easily. He just made a pizza for the guy. Guy probably had some sort of uh, reason he got sick in the middle of the night. Who knows? And went out and won a basketball game. Well, I, I, do, I, poison. <laughs> I do believe that Tim Grover's version, uh, making it sound nefarious, uh, was was to add to the drama of the story. And Tim did put I mean, that in his but, book. That came out like six years ago. And so when, when Craig came on, he said, this guy's selling books. I believe that, too. The guy had that. Yeah. Michael's never told that version of the story until now. And it comes after his buddy, Tim, is, is puts it in a book. Hey, come on. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff that, that make that, well, that sound ridiculous. It's, I'm sure it's much more of just a normal situation like Craig, de- uh, Craig described. Well, the part about the, uh, the shady, potentially uh, uh, purposeful poisoning, uh, I mean, that, that does make for a better story. And as I wrote in my column, that was the whole point of the last dance all along, right? right? Was to tell a great story where the hero, against all odds, against every malevolent force and foe, stands triumphant at the end, overcoming all. And uh, that, that, that part. Well, you you, you describe sense. it that but, way, and yet but, you doubt that he do it on purpose. I, you see, I, it's the I, same thing. No, no, I doubt that in the moment that he's out there on the court, he's going, "Oh, I got to make this look like I'm really sick." I, I, I think he was not feeling well. Um, I don't think he was purposely poisoned. Uh, he, he either had the flu, or he he he. I, I, maybe he had food poisoning, but I don't know where that came from. And uh, but anyway, but but you see, this docu series was was full of that stuff, though, because like the Gary Payton stuff, right? When they the Bulls were playing against the Sonics, and uh, and MJ said, "Oh, my mind was elsewhere on the two games that they lost to the to the Sonics, fanning the flames of the legend that he lost the games on purpose so he could win on Father's Day." I mean, this <laughs> this this docu series is so unbelievably self serving that. 
you 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 question the motivation that that MJ would calculate something that was self-serving, like something that would that would uh, inflate his own legend. I mean, that's what this guy that's what this guy did from the very beginning, from the very beginning when he put together his team of agents and signed with Nike and all this. They they turned him into this marketing mega machine, this legend that was that was a legend before he'd even won one championship. Well, he was legendary just by way of the way he played. But the Jumpman logo, I mean, the, the tongue out, like all that stuff. I mean, he was he was above championships. He was on a different level because of this whole big, <laughs> ridiculous persona that they created. And you think this was a leftover scenario from uh, from that goofy movie he was in? Space Jam? Yeah. The do I think the, the aliens? Didn't somebody steal steal the, the player's talent or something? Yep. The aliens? Yeah, they stole Muggsy Bogues, Charles Barkley, Sean Bradley. Patrick Ewing. Pat, was it Patrick Ewing? Charles Bar- you mentioned Charles met, Barkley. Yeah. Was Larry Johnson the other one? Yep, Larry Johnson, yeah. LJ. Yeah. There you go. And did Jordan come in and save the day? Is that what he happened? He did. That was the idea. So you think Bugs Bunny? Or did Bill Murray? Bill Murray's character. He, Bill Murray claimed recently that was he was the one that stole the ball and made the assists True. on the True. game-winning bucket. but. So anyway, Stockton or Malone, you choose. That's the controversy. We we appreciate Craig coming on the air though and telling his story. Yeah, it did uh, it caught the attention of a lot of national uh, outfits and uh, good. I mean, that's one more version of the story to be told. So. Admit it, Gordon. You were the one who poisoned Michael Jordan. <laughs> uh, if I was going to do that, I would have probably done it the following year after I predicted the Jazz would win. Yes, but you slipped him something in the press conference after game 4, didn't you? You poisoned his water. I like the way you said it. I think yesterday, didn't you that if you actually tried to poison somebody, that would be a f- felony, right? It would be a serious crime. Yeah, it would be a really <laughs> serious crime. That you know what, Gordon, I'm glad you brought that back up cuz that's the number one reason I don't believe that somebody actually seriously poisoned Michael Jordan because if that were the case and they believe that, don't you think they'd call the police? I would. If I suspected somebody of poisoning me on purpose, not maybe oh. randomly getting some food poisoning from a restaurant, you know, something happened, blah, blah, blah. But actually somebody delivered me food and intentionally poisoned me. I would absolutely call the police. Well, I, I have been on a number of uh, radio shows around the country today uh, wanting to talk about the finals, wanting to talk about Jordan, wanting to talk about the poison pizza. And a question that I've gotten off the air more than once is, are the fans out there really that insane? That they I would said, poison? No. no, no. I, I said, no, 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 not really. No, they're very enthusiastic, but they're not a bunch of felons. <laughs> uh, the Utah Code of Law uh, files this under uh, criminal homicide and murder, the attempted bodily harm of another if such as poisoning. If somebody were, were yeah. to die as a result of your poisoning. Yes. No, it, well, it, says, uh, it says intending to cause serious bodily injury. So that so that guy in the pizza shop, man, he's got he's got his home chemistry uh, kit with him. No, I'm making soap. <laughs> well, that that <laughs> excuse didn't work at least once. <laughs> That's right. That was Provo. You know how I know this is a meth lab is this is a meth lab. My favorite police quote in a story I've ever read. Amazing. Officer, I wanna, how, I wanna, how do you know this is a meth lab? <laughs> you know how I know this is a meth lab is. Yes. 
this is a meth lab. I want to meet that police officer because that was incredible. I wish that everybody would communicate with that kind of clarity when talking about this sort of thing. But the other guy says he was making soap. Uh, he wasn't. He was he was making methamphetamine <laughs> because this here is a meth lab. Anyway, sorry. I'm sorry, Gordon. I got distracted. Chemistry set poisoning pizza. Go. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's what happened either. I really don't. So anyway, that Craig, uh, Craig interview, uh, Craig fight interview is up at 1280thezone.com. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service call today. 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. Action Plumbing. We'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is a total request Tuesday brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Austin has chosen today's theme as songs about the ocean because uh, Gordon is cruise shaming Austin today. So uh, songs about the ocean. Go at Austin Gordon on Twitter. Will you do me a favor? Okay. Let's go halvesies on uh, on sending uh, Austin on a cruise. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I'm going to go halvesies because I'm not pushing Austin to go on a cruise. In fact, I've never been on a cruise in my life, and the likelihood of me going on a cruise after this thing has completely gone downhill because of coronavirus. Uh, because that bad situations happen on cruises all the time, and this is just they, a, an they, extreme they, example. But they but, don't. Percentage-wise, it's it's relatively few. Okay, you can have your opinion, bro. Did it's, you book a cruise a, Yeah, today? it's all right. Are you no, feeling guilty no. or something? I just don't no, want to go I on just, a cruise. I, I, I just I, I think it would be it'd be good for Austin to face his fear. This sounds like when you're dragged to a Kenny Chesney concert and you try to convince <laughs> us it was a good idea and we missed out. <laughs> I, I would like to see Austin on that boat out in the middle of the ocean somewhere that would be that would be fun jeez you would uh, find frankly austin, austin i don't care where do you, you go love on vacation. me jake yeah you can you can go wherever no, you want austin, man no no i'm telling you you would find out that you would face your fear and you would find out that it was nothing to be afraid of nah why does it matter because it matters so deeply to him I'm, I'm trying to make him you know heal him he's not broken <laughs> <laughs> I will be if I go on a cruise. <laughs> Austin's fine. Austin, Austin has such bad luck that he's afraid to do anything like that because he really thinks he's he's doomed. Yeah, that is or accurate. Doom, doomed, doomed is a little strong, but you, uh, you think something, uh, some misfortune will befall you in a round. Or could. Yes. And have you met Austin? Of course, the worst <laughs> stuff ever happens, Austin. I don't. I don't blame you for mitigating uh, risk, buddy. You continue to do so, and I won't judge you. Thanks, friend. He's putting himself in a cage. You know, open that door, Austin. Walk through it. Get out there and live. Nah, I'll just survive. It's <laughs> so funny to me. Hey, you're so freaked out over that. 
All right, Gordon, let's uh, talk about a couple of other things going on in the world of sports. Don't forget, Christian Cox is going to be with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. And we'll talk to him about campuses possibly reopening for athletes, Gordon, June 1. Uh, uh, possibly getting at least, you know, they're going to start off small. Uh, um, the University of Utah has talked about this a little bit, uh, where maybe just in-state, I think Witt was the one actually who was talking about this, in-state guys will kind of come back first and they'll they'll ease their way into it. But uh, waiting on the NCAA, a lot of folks are thinking that June 1 might be a target that, uh, that could happen. So we'll ask Christian about that. But that would fit into the, the time frame of possibly getting a season started on time. Hmm. All right. No thoughts on that? Just all right. <laughs> Just all right. <laughs> you know, you know this show, we usually have a conversation <laughs> about these things. <laughs> and, you know, it really and I, is I was rude. setting up the story uh, and then just uh, just said, all right. How about it, it really, that? <laughs> it really is rude to leave your partner hanging like that, isn't it? It's not my favorite thing in the world. And usually uh, when speaking with you, that that rarely happens. So I, I don't know what to do, uh, I guess. Uh, usually usually when I say something and you just make a right turn and go into something else as though I didn't say it. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that, that is rude. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's Let's okay. try that. Let's try that again. Gordon, the University of Utah is shooting for possibly June 1st to have athletes back on campus. Your thoughts? <laughs> Nope. All right. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll see. No. No. I mean, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. I mean, they, are, are they going to do it in, in, uh, in sort of uh, different levels? Are they going to have, like, first 1,000, then 2,000, then 3,000? How's that going to work? Uh, not sure. Um, because travel's an issue, right? It's it's not just a, a simple matter of uh, putting up the bat signal and saying everybody come hither. <laughs> you know that it's not that it, uh, it's not that simple. I don't think because you know air travel. Uh, do you put them on a bus? I mean, uh, you know, how do you safely get your athletes to your campus? Where do they stay once they get there? I, I think there are some things out there in the wind that they got to figure out before they get everybody back. But if you're Britton Covey and you're crashing, uh, you know, in somebody's basement. And yeah. have the ability to get on campus and get a workout in. I, I think they're hoping that their athletes will at least start with those types of, of, of players having access to, you know, some sort of facility up there. Well, to combine this whole thing, I always thought it would be a bad look to start up sports before some students or some some percentage of students are back on campus. Because what that says is, hey, this is more important to us because of the monetary concern. You know, and, and so it just looks much better to have other students involved with not that the university doesn't make money off of them, but I, I, it's a better look to do it, do it all together. And if some universities are going to use uh, some methodology to, to make it look like, uh, OK, well, we got some students on campus, but a lot of them aren't. But that's OK. Now we can start playing football or something. Uh, I, I might expect something like that to happen, but I do think that to do it jointly is a much better look. Uh, if if it's good for one, it should be good for the other. If it's not good for one, then it shouldn't be good for the other. The, I I certainly get what you're saying, Gordon, and I I don't necessarily disagree with the logic. So so don't 
Um, don't get me wrong, but you know, I understand not having. 20,000 people in this arena because you're you're preventing the super spreading events, right? And that's why the, mm-hmm. the, the regulations have been out there on groups of, you know, immediate family and then groups of 10 and 20, 50, et cetera, is, is because the, the, the super spreading events are something that you really want to, to keep an eye out for. Uh, but is that necessarily players returning to campus to, to catch a football from the jugs machine? You know, and and having the standard of but, but getting, if you, but, it, if you, but, but if you have a player there doing that, Jake, then why can't you have a player? Because a, there's excuse me, a student going to a, to a classroom. Because that's, I guess, what I'm trying to 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 explain. Bringing twenty five thousand students back to campus and bringing ten students back to campus are completely different. But you're bringing over a hundred football players together in a very close space. Well, not immediately, though. That, that's the that, that's the point. You're bringing them back. You, you're going to be gradual, kind of like the Jazz are doing it gradual. And as new information unfolds, and uh, you know, even these places that are talking in the Pac-12 about largely being online for the fall semester, they're also saying that there will be exceptions made for labs, for instance, and and students that uh, require special needs to be on campus. You know, those uh, those. Uh, exceptions are going to be made because we're talking about hundreds of students as opposed to thousands of students. And the idea isn't to group everybody together so you have these super spreading events. It makes sense to partial out who needs to be on campus and who doesn't. And if you decide that a football team falls into who needs to be on campus, I'm fairly comfortable with that because I don't because the idea is not to put large numbers of people at risk. That's why. The point. Why is a large number? I, I, th- I don't even like the term super spread. I think if you're spreading it, you're spreading it. And that shouldn't happen in football. OK, it's one thing to have a lab where you can maybe keep people farther apart. But in football, you're tackling each other. You're breathing on each other. You're spitting on each other. You're sweating on each other. I mean, I mean, it doesn't matter to me whether that number is a thousand or a hundred. I, I, I think both should be avoided if if that's uh, or a, something you can expect to happen. I I I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I think we're going to have to how operate. Can you, how can you disagree with that? Because why? Because it's it's profitable for the university. It wants its money source. It's it's not necessarily about its money source. I think it's important on a number of levels that we've talked about that sports exist at the collegiate level, at the professional level. I mean, there's a lot that rides on it outside of. Uh, what people perceive as the university president rolling in piles of cash. That's not necessarily reality. I do, I do think it's important. But, but mainly I think how we imp- approach our present situation is important, where we talk about mitigating uh, risks. I mean, if you say, you know, there, we've talked about this before, Gordon, you can never make any sort of situation 100% safe. It's just not possible. So how do you figure out how to operate while mitigating risk at the same time? I think that's what we need to value because we need that balance. It's not possible to do one or the other. So we have to figure out how to operate smartly. And if college football, tennis, lacrosse programs can figure out a way to do that, I'm all for it. It's just funny to me, like we have a texter here who says, does Gordon not realize this world is driven by money, especially colleges? Of course the hell I understand that. I get that. Talking about the safety of hundreds and thousands of people here. I mean, are you just going to ignore that because you want to make more money? I don't think anybody's ignoring anything. 
Well, and that's the key phrase of what you said. If you can do it safely, then do it. I have no problem if you can do it safely. But there's all kinds of considerations that I'm hearing from health officials who are saying without the political and economic pressure that's being put on them, that they would say proceed very cautiously. And I think we're getting ahead of that a little bit, in my opinion, based on my conversations with these people. I understand the importance of the economy. I know money is important to people. But I don't want to see extra people dying on account of that. I don't think anybody's pro people dying. Oh, I'm not so sure. I am. I'm pretty comfortable that uh, the vast majority of Americans are not pro-death. Yep. Well, I certainly hope not. I don't think people are expendable. I know that when, when, when nations go to war against each other, People say, well, they're expendable in those circumstances. Well, that's that's a little different than this, in my opinion. I don't like either one. But uh, I, I understand that the economy is important. I want to see people have jobs. I want to see people be able to support themselves and have the peace of mind that comes with that. But I don't want to see just because someone has this itch for college football that they proceed prematurely in a way that is not safe. And when I hear a school president in the SEC say, hell yeah, we're going to have football this fall and there's going to be fans in the stands. Those are the kinds of comments that I wonder about. I got it. But to to also just um, uh, surmise it as an itch for football, I don't don't think that that's correct either. Mm, Okay. I don't. I don't. I think there's a lot more at stake than that. Way more at stake than that. I mean, you can start with people's jobs, but we can go to opportunities for athletes and we can go to smaller uh, athletic programs and we can go to, you know, scholarships lifting people out of poverty. I mean, there's so, there's so many more okay, things so that factor Jake, than if, just that, than just some so, so, some Alabama hillbillies uh, itch to watch, say, yell roll tide at his TV. So I mean, Jake, you can't boil I, it down to something to you, that simple. If I said to you, okay, college football will go on this fall. But an extra twenty five thousand people. I'm not. Will die. I'm not going to sit here and endorse people dying, Gordon. I, but it's to to say that that's it's that simple as some guy has an itch for college football is is incorrect. It's well, incorrect. Yeah, it, there's, there's way more at stake than that. Ultimately, it does come back to what I said because that's that's a question that has to be answered. Re- reset your question that has to be answered, Gordon. If it's going to cost an extra twenty thousand lives. But it's going to uh, preserve football and and the economy that goes with it. I mean, really, it might be an either or. I don't think so. I don't think it's that simple. I don't think any of this is that simple. I really don't. Well, I don't know how you can you cannot say that it's uh, well, I'm not saying it's simple. It's complex in every way. But if it comes down to that, if more people are going to die because you're going to proceed with a sport, uh, is that not cause for great Concern? See, I, I get frustrated when we go down this road a little bit, Gordon, because I just because I'm um, I have a little bit different take than you. I feel like it comes off like I don't care uh, about the safety of others and that I'm uh, you know going to put my bazooka over my shoulder and march to the Capitol. 
And, and that, is not my, that is not my personal view, not in the slightest, and that's not the way I've behaved through this at all. But I also uh, feel like the pragmatism of this situation, in, in example, we're talking about sports, but I mean, you could broaden it to, to overall jobs and uh, economy. I mean, there's, there's, more va- there's value there that has to be considered. And I read an op-ed in, the, in your Salt Lake Tribune uh, over the weekend, and you know, I could go back and look uh, about who, who wrote it, but uh, who who brought up, you know, things like child abuse going up when there's, you know, economic difficulty. And that sort of thing should absolutely be considered. But by no means, if you take a, a, cons- a conservative uh, viewpoint about opening up the economy, I'm never going to say to you, boy, well, you must be pro-child abuse. Because that's ridiculous. And a, a situation okay, okay. like this does not boil down to a simple yes or no. It just doesn't. And it can't. There's too much at stake. Well, I, I think it does boil down to very clear consequences that you can track. And, Jake, I mean, I, I hope this isn't a cheap shot, but I remember way back at the beginning when this whole COVID-19 thing started and you were, if memory serves, you were saying oh, you were worried about jobs back then and saying it should proceed. And I was sitting there going, man, are you sure you remember that? Well, it, it wasn't quite that simple, and, but yes, well, I did. I did uh, value jobs, and I did all the way through, and I still do. That doesn't mean I endorse reckless action, but it means I. When this stuff came up, we were talking about what what these leagues were planning to do, and I said it I wasn't know, a bad people, thing when, to plan. When people say, "Oh yeah, okay, I want, I'm all for the start of college football in the fall," it should happen. I hope it does happen, uh, and then they say, "As long as it's safe." Well, of course, okay. If it's safe, then go ahead and do it. But if it's not safe, however you define that, and that seems to be a line that people are malleable with, but if it's going to kill more people, that's why I'm against it. If that's going to happen. And I don't want that to happen. I understand the importance of an economy. I get that. But if more people are going to die, I don't want to look into the eyes of those people and say, okay, yeah, I was all for this starting up, and it's going to kill more people. I know you say it's not that simple, but ultimately, that's the effect. I mean, I I don't know what further to say. I I don't – I agree with you on a lot of this stuff, Gordon, and I agree with you on being careful, and I agree on the value of of human life 100%. There's so many other things to to value in this discussion that I I at least want to see them valued. And I I get where you're coming from. And that's why I feel like I'm on one side of this discussion every time we discuss it. But I feel like it needs to be valued. I do. I I 100 percent do. One thing uh, that is uh, sort of a, a complexity in the whole thing is if fans can't go into the stadium, you know, all those people, the other people who benefit from sports the people who work in concessions, the people who work uh, at the stadium, the people who are, are help the cars, uh, tra- the traffic or whatever. All of those people, when sport, if sports does start up, but there's no fans in the stands, then those people really aren't helped that much. And that, that, that makes it difficult that you're starting something up, but everybody can't benefit from yeah. it. That, that's part of it. That does make it difficult. You know, I'm worried about staffers and athletic departments. You know, I'm worried about folks that go out there and sell sponsorships. I mean, all these regular Joes that, that make their living attached to sports. I'm, I'm worried about folks in, inside Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment. 
And I'm not saying that uh, because folks are losing jobs, then we should all disregard everything and, and throw caution to the wind. I would never say something like that. But do, do those people's futures and lives matter too? 100 percent. Well, okay. Well, then maybe we maybe we agree more than we disagree. I think we do. I, I really think we do. And I apologize and, if I end up on this side of the argument every time. And that's what I was trying to say. I don't don't get me wrong here, but I do think those things have value. Well, well, I'm not saying they don't have value. At no time did I say that. This is why I think we're talking past each other. I have a texture here. It says you're absolutely right, Jay. Gordon is off on this. How am I off on it? Explain how no, I'm listen, off. Listen, nobody's off. I need, on. I, I, need, I need someone to explain. What am I saying that is off on this particular issue? Help me understand that. What do people want? That If you're going to begin your sentence with, if, if, if it's safe, then we're going to agree. Then we agree. So if I'm off on that, then I, I want to be off. But if you can start your sentence with, if they are safe, then I'm all for it. Then we all agree. But I'm not going to say, okay, well, it'll spur the economy, but this percentage of people are going to die because of it ultimately. Maybe not directly, but in one way or another. Then I have, then I have a problem with that. And if I'm off on that, then so be it. All right. I think people's lives are important to keep in mind through these kinds of pandemics. We're way over. We got to go. We'll have more next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We can live beside the ocean. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone on a total request Tuesday. This one goes out to Eric Walden, who wanted a little Santa Monica by Everclear. want to uh, remind you about the Jazz Team Store. Uh, they're reopening. Uh, they've got all sorts of great sales going on uh, to uh, get things started. Um, they've got a promotion coming up on, uh, uh, let's see here. They've got uh, 20% off all jerseys uh, store-wide. You can go online, jazzteamstore.com. They've got a Memorial Day weekend uh, sale in-store Saturday the 23rd and Monday the 25th. You can buy one item and get one for 50% uh, off of equal or lesser value. There's all sorts of uh, deals going on. Uh, we'll tell you about it throughout the show. Show, but if you want to get some uh, jazz gear, uh, this weekend is going to be your time. And J Dog is going to be back on the plaza again. We talked about that uh, last week with our friend Jason. So hang in there for that. We've got uh, what's going on coming up right around the corner. Uh, Gordon, we've got to get into this. Uh, LeBron thinks he would have been a good teammate for Michael Jordan. Any any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I suppose I can see that because LeBron is an unselfish player. I think uh, most of the time when he's on the floor, he does. Sometimes he'll take on a bigger role if if he feels like his team needs it. But if he had if he had a teammate like uh, Michael Jordan, uh, I can see LeBron facilitating Jordan in a lot of ways, and vice versa for that matter. All right, so I'm of, of two minds on this, okay? One, LeBron's game isn't entirely unlike Scottie Pippen's, as I think you're kind of alluding to, right? He willing passer, that sort of thing. However, when LeBron paired with Dwayne Wade, LeBron was the number one, right? Mm-hmm. So if he would have paired with Michael Jordan, <laughs> you know, I don't think MJ would have just acquiesced to LeBron, right? And what about LeBron would tell you that he wouldn't be the old alpha dog, you know? 
That that uh, would be my that that's my both sides right there. LeBron's game okay, but LeBron the person I don't know. Yeah, yeah, there is a distinction there because LeBron does like himself some LeBron. Yes, he? he does, and and will make a T-shirt of his own face. So. so would you think he would be willing to share that spotlight, uh, or do you think he would try? He would do self-destructive thing or team-destructive things on account of the fact that now that's being shared. I, I, I have to give both players enough credit to think that they would be wise enough to share to share that spotlight, because I mean, if you had the two perhaps the two best players to ever live on the same team at the same time. Uh, I, I would I would expect that Michael Jordan would have to respect LeBron's talent. Oh, I, I mean, don't think there's anything about MJ that's sharing any sort of spotlight. No way. Oh man, no way. And LeBron neither, by the way. Hold on. Hold on. Don't you think that uh, – <laughs> man, you're painting an ugly – picture of human nature here well lebron somewhere is sitting in his basement watching this michael jordan docuseries and going uh, they're not talking about me why on earth are they not talking about me <laughs> quite frankly i thought it'd be interesting to have him interviewed for that but uh i didn't have him. but well, I, there's probably I, well, a reason the, for that because michael jordan the, is never gonna have lebron on his documentary because that's but, not about him but, but but don't you feel like that uh, it would winning more titles would be worth it for jordan because uh, in the in the last series against the jazz and against the pacers he's dragging this team on his back that seems like the hard way to do it if he had a talent like lebron Hey, hey, suddenly everyone's got to pay almost as much attention to that guy over there as they're paying to you. And that would just kill him inside. (laughs) I I, I don't know. Nothing about that would sit well. You talk about being optimistic or pessimistic. I, I want to believe that they would love having each other as teammates. Do we need to? Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, because I, I just think that they would win and win as long as the day is long. And it, it, wait, that didn't make sense. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, I, I think they would help each other. And it, ultimately, if it comes down to sharing the spotlight for in exchange for more championships, that, that takes a special kind of. A special kind of selfishness to, uh, to, to to for that not to be worth it. Do we need to revisit LeBron's pregame speech when he returned to Cleveland, <laughs> where he told his teammates that this was the biggest night in the history of sports and that it was mostly about him, but they were there too? Do we so you need to... so do you so okay so that that came through loud and clear with Michael Jordan that he wants to be the alpha dog no yeah. matter what. So do you think it would be unworkable? Yeah. Do you think they would destroy each other? Pretty much, yeah. Do you? I do. <laughs> one way or the other. There's only well, one, I mean, that's be what one king of Sha- that hill, so to speak. Uh, that happened with Shaq and Kobe. It did. You know, guys, this uh, and, is the biggest we... night history of sports. <laughs> you know, it's mostly about me, but you're here. So uh, let's go do so, this. So what you're saying then is this notion that we got from the last dance that winning at all costs, was the most important thing to Michael Jordan. You were saying, eh, false, that Michael Jordan was the most important thing to Michael Jordan. Bingo. I mean, just to throw this out there, Isaiah Thomas wasn't on that dream team, was he? 
Yeah, but he knew they didn't need Isaiah. <laughs> I mean, if it were really all about assembling the best team ever, you know. A lot of people will tell you Isaiah should have been on that team, but uh, MJ, you know, it, it was personal. And so, and by the way, that whole series was about stuff that was personal. Well, it was second, all about David, him. It was if, all if about were, him making people look dumb. If you want it to wasn't even about the winning. dream team, how, how bad did Jordan hate Isaiah for him, a Carolina dude, to have a college player from Duke on the roster instead of Isaiah Thomas? I don't know. He probably treated him poorly. Wasn't that some sort of compromise, though, because they were moving away from the amateur probably. thing? I don't know. No, Christian I... Leder didn't make it out of his merits. That was just a token because it was the first team that they had not had college players on, right? So they were like, oh, we're still going to have a college star because we're going to pretend like we still have ideals. And he had just made that big shot. Yeah, right. I don't think Christian made the team because people thought he was better than Isaiah Thomas. Man, this is a really, really interesting deep conversation because are, are we really to the point where you can't abide with somebody who is going to help you win championships because you want that attention that got pretty heavy for Michael Jordan for a while. Remember how he was holed up in his hotel room and he didn't want to go out because he gets besieged by attention everywhere he goes? Wouldn't you want to share that? Wouldn't you want to offload some of that burden? Oh, no, that burden is what makes a legend out of him. Well, it makes a legend out of him, but he could still be legendary even if he had more help. Not as legendary. So, so, so what you're saying then is that, okay, Scottie Pippen was a great player, but not so great as to threaten his airness. Well, let me let me put it this way. There's a certain amount of legitimacy to the argument that Kevin Durant had to go to Golden State to win a title. You know, you don't make that argument with Gordon or uh, with Gordon with uh, with Michael Jordan, do you? Yeah. You don't even uh, outside of Scottie Pippen, kinda, and maybe Dennis Rodman. You don't even really think about his teammates. So, so let me ask you. Let me. Uh, I don't know. Are we are we late? But uh, I just would. If you could have the highest-rated radio station in the history of mankind, but you had to share the spotlight with other people, would you be willing to do that? Absolutely you not. Yes, you would. <laughs> Come on. But, but maybe this is the difference in the wiring with these cats, is because they, 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 they can't. They want to win, but they want to win with them out front. That, that is an interesting study. It's something I hadn't really given that much thought to, but you, uh, I'm afraid that you might be right on that, Jake. Uh, and that's disappointing because you would expect great players to make each other greater, not not uh, take away from. Except for we complain about it the other way, too, all of the Kevin Durant situation. So maybe we just want to complain. All right. Well, the Kevin, the Kevin Durant situation, that was that was just... You know, it depends on how you come together. All right, stay you know. tuned. What's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.